The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Come, Holy Ghost, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and kindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray, O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Ghost, grant us by that same Spirit to be truly wise, and ever to rejoice in its consolation. Through Christ our Lord, Amen. Hello, welcome to a special edition of What Catholics Believe. We've missed uh, about 10 days during which we haven't sent out a program due to my illness. I thank you for your prayers. But also because of some technical difficulties, as you see, we have changed the set a little bit and uh, it's going to change further in the weeks ahead. Hopefully you'll see that it's an improvement. I'm very glad we have some uh, new talent involved to make some good suggestions and I believe this is one of them. Please let us know what you think. Now, I would like this, uh, this program to be smoother, but unfortunately, uh, due to illness and, and also uh, interruptions, it's difficult to uh, uh, really smooth it out. So I hope you'll bear with me here. Uh, one thing that definitely needs comment at this point is the firestorm of controversy that was set back in December 18th of last year, 2023, by a decree that came out from the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith under Francis. Uh, Francis's so-called Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith under a uh, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, who is its prefect, issued a uh, declaration called Fiducia Supplicans, in which he addressed the question at Francis's direction, by the way, of whether or not the church could give blessings to irregular unions, people in irregular unions, and those who are same-sex couples, as they call them. This was the question that was brought up by Fiducia Supplicans, and uh, it's entitled Declaration Fiducia Supplicans on the Pastoral Meaning of Blessings. So you can tell right from the start that they're going to actually be addressing the meaning of the word blessing. Now, we know what modernists do, they redefine everything, <clears throat> and so we shouldn't be surprised to find that they are redefining the idea of blessing. They, the, the modernists begin, as Pope St. Pius X wrote in his encyclical of 1907, uh, the encyclical condemning the errors of the modernists, that the modernists begin by redefining faith itself. And all of their errors essentially follow from that redefinition of faith, which is not only not the Catholic understanding of faith, but it is the uh, polar opposite of the Catholic understanding of what faith really is. So we shouldn't be surprised that the modernists would 
redefine faith and then go on to redefine the mass and the sacraments and and redefine marriage and and so on. We shouldn't be surprised that they would be having already redefined these things or in the process of redefining them. And uh, this decree is part of the process of redefining uh, the union between a man and a woman. Now, it is important to note that uh, this uh, Cardinal Fernandez here, who um, has a reputation already for having defended um, homosexual abuse uh, under, his, under his charge before Francis appointed him the prefect of this dicastery, uh, but also has been accused publicly of being a homosexual himself. It's important to note that in this decree or this declaration, he does make a statement for the sacramental marriage. He doesn't refer to it as matrimony, this is the actual name of the sacrament, matrimonium, but he refers to the, the sacramentality of marriage, that it is an exclusive relationship between a man and a woman in order to primarily give life. And so to that extent, that would be in accord with Catholic, traditional Catholic teaching. But uh, it's clear from the document that he's finding a way to try to get around this a bit and to move the bar to, in the direction of the church's acceptance of these quote-unquote irregular unions and homosexual couples. Now, even the, the terminology that is being used here is rather deceptive and leading. Uh, when he talks about the those in irregular unions. He's evidently talking about a man and a woman who are living together. And uh, they're living together while not married. Either they're living together in fornication because neither is married to anyone, or they're living together in adultery because one or the other or both of them are married to someone else. These would be irregular unions involving people who are not actually united at all. So it's an error to call them unions, period. Um, but so to refer to that as an irregular or irregular union is an error. And, uh, and then uh, the decree doesn't stop there. It's talking also about uh, those who are living together in what they call indelicately same-sex, as same-sex couples. And the problem uh, forecast here is that they come and ask for a blessing. And uh, the question is, can the Catholic clergy the Novus Ordo clergy actually give a blessing upon these people who are uh, falsely united, pretending to be united in these sinful relationships. And the answer given uh, at the direction of Francis, because uh, this Cardinal Fernandez says that Francis reviewed this, he, he requested it, he reviewed it, he signed off on it, and he approved it. Uh, the answer given is yes, the church can do so. So basically, the, the, the declaration is an explanation of how this can be done. And again, the terminology is very interesting because, uh, well, I'll read you what it says. He himself has come out with kind of a, a follow-up uh, clarification of it, even after he said there wouldn't be none. Uh, there was such as say, a firestorm of controversy among the Novus Ordo clergy, uh, involving bishops, individual Novus Ordo bishops, and entire uh, Episcopal con conferences that weighed in against this, uh, notably in Africa, that he found it necessary to, to give a follow-up 
and the follow-up itself is very, very interesting and very revealing. Unfortunately, a lot of people seem to be missing the point, though. They're, they're talking, uh, whether they're speaking in favor of it or against it, they seem to be missing the point about the modernism behind it and how it is simply an application, a manifestation of modernism uh, and a fulfillment of what St. Pius X actually condemned in 1907 with the encyclical Pascendi Domenici Gregis. But let me read this for you. Um, this is from the Declaration itself of December 18th. This is what he says. He says, finally, the text of the Declaration was submitted to the Holy Father, that's Francis, for his review, and he approved it with his signature. Uh, he says, the response provided important clarifications. The response to the dubia that had been presented to Francis, and so we had to clarify something. And this is one of the things that he chose to clarify. He says, the value of this document, however, is that it offers a specific and innovative contribution to the pastoral meaning of blessings, permitting a broadening and enrichment of the classical understanding of blessings, which is closely linked to a liturgical perspective. Such theological reflection, based on the pastoral vision of Pope Francis, implies a real development from what has been said about blessings in the magisterium and the official texts of the church. Now, uh, translate that, translating that into, into plain English, uh, this uh, Fernandez is saying that this, uh, this declaration actually represents a departure. He calls it an innovative uh, contribution. Uh, he says it's based on the pastoral vision of Francis, but is a real development. In other words, it is contrary to what the church has taught before. Uh, this is just modernist lingo for we're inventing something new. And uh, we're reinterpreting, we are re, uh, as it were, translating the word blessing to mean something that the church never meant it to be. Um, this is what they do, as I mentioned, with faith, with the mass, with the sacraments, and so on. They take the word and they simply uh, redefine it. This is what they're doing with blessings here. They claim to be using the scriptures as the uh, pretext for finding a new kind of blessing that they can give to those who are living in irregular unions and say, as same-sex couples. And the distinction they're making here is between kind of the liturgical blessing, a sacramental blessing, and a pastoral blessing. Okay. This is the big distinction, the big breakthrough, the innovative insight here, uh, or the innovative contribution that he says Francis is making with the real development. This is typical, Francis and those who follow him, and those who apologize and try to, shall we say, spin his teachings, uh, to try to give them a veneer of Catholicism. But in any case, um, Notice that this is exactly the same ploy that the modernists have been doing for, for literally decades now. It was the same ploy in Vatican II. When John, when, uh, John XXIII called Vatican II, he said it would not be a doctrinal council, it would be a pastoral council. <laughs> but already in doing that, the red flag should have been going up because, I mean, you cannot separate the church's 
doctrinal teaching from her pastoral practice. That would make the church not only a, a schizophrenic, it would make the church into a kind of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation here. Francis might even agree with that because he would say the doctrinal church is more like the evil Mr. Hyde. <clears throat> and that's rigid and that should be gotten rid of. So even the distinction between the doctrinal council as opposed to the, as opposed to the pastoral council, that distinction <clears throat> and that opposition was set up already at Vatican II. And of course, we saw how that worked out. Now, of course, the advocates of this might say, well, you know, pastoral practice is one thing and doctrinal teaching is another thing altogether. And, um, you know, you can apply pastoral practice um, maybe uh, in such a way that they're not attacking the doctrine. This is what uh, Fernandez was saying. We didn't attack the doctrine of the unity of matrimony. We didn't attack the true teaching of the church regarding the marriage, uh, its exclusivity and its indissolubility and its purposes primarily of giving life. Um, we didn't attack that. We made that statement. But they did that at Vatican II. They'd make a statement like that at Vatican II documents and then go on rambling on for uh, paragraphs after dismantling the definition they made. <coughs> of uh, the true Catholic faith and giving all the reason why now we can depart from that in pastoral practice. And um, the way they did it in Vatican II, of course, they set about saying, well, pastoral practice has to do with the way we worship. And so we can change, we have to change the way we worship and bring in, you know, changes in the, in the Mass and the sacraments and so on in order to accommodate the pastoral practice. So they actually not only said we separate doctrine from pastoral practice, but they, they took uh, worship, divine worship, along with the pastoral practice and changed it for the sake of pastoral practice. Now they suddenly set up an opposition between doctrine and worship. And of course, you know that again is impossible for a Catholic to do because the law of praying, it corresponds to the law of believing as the saying goes. You cannot legitimately separate those as a Catholic. And so this is the sleight of hand that they used. Actually, Bishop Strickland refers to that, that sleight of hand that Francis is, is using to try to uh, just simply annihilate the Catholic faith and replace it. They talk about population replacement. Well, we've got actually spiritual replacement of uh, the Catholic faith with the synodal faith of Francis. and They're trying to replace the one with the other. This is all part of it. Now, a statement that uh, Fernandez makes here is very, very interesting if you look at it and look at the wording. It is precisely in this context, that's of Francis's new breakthrough, a discovery of a pastoral blessing as opposed to a sacramental or liturgical blessing. <clears throat> it is precisely in this context that one can understand the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations, the same and same-sex couples without officially validating their status or changing in any way the church's perennial teaching on marriage. Did you catch the word officially there? Interesting that they find it. It doesn't say uh, it is precisely in this context of Francis's newfound blessing that we see there the possibility of blessing 
these couples in these so-called couples, uh, they're coupled by sin. Is unfortunately what's coupling them is their unity in sin. Uh, without it doesn't say without validating their status. It says without officially validating their status. So those words, uh, although they may come and go and slide in there very, very stealthily, have very deep meanings. We can unofficially validating their status, validate their status by granting them, let's say, an informal blessing, not a liturgical formula that is in the book, but we can give a blessing. The clergy can give an impromptu, informal blessing. It's interesting how uh, Fernandez stresses that it's informal, it's informal. It's not a set formulation. <laughs> in fact, in his document here, he says it would be wrong to set down a set formula for blessing couples like this. And he says, not only because if we set a form uh, in stone and we wrote it out and quote unquote formalized it or formalized it, we might be appearing to give it some kind of official status, and we don't want to do that. But he also says it's not good to formalize the statement of the blessing because that would detract from it, as though that would somehow lessen the value of it. He actually says that. He says if you make it more like a sacramental blessing, something that's a set formula that the church officially recognizes, <clears throat> The danger might be that you tend to associate it with having the same status of marriage or other sacraments. He says, well, we don't want to do that, do we? But he does say that if you did formalize it like that, it would somehow take away from it. It would diminish it. As though some, the sacramental form is somehow inferior, taking the form of some kind of official blessing in the church would be somehow inferior. Because, he says, it takes away from the spontaneity of the request and the spontaneity of the blessing. And the spontaneity is the wonderful thing, after all. I mean, Francis believes in a spirit of surprises, you know, that's, that's his spirit um, that he invokes and wants all of us to invoke. And he's all about spontaneity against rigidity. So he doesn't want these formulas, these blessings formalized. He wants them to remain spontaneous and informal in order to give them, let's say, greater value. This is how the man thinks, and it is not as a Catholic. Uh, but ironically, when uh, Fernandez comes out with his second statement in which he acknowledges the controversy that, that exploded because of this declaration, he actually does after saying, we're not going to formalize this, he gives a suggested form. He actually gives, in the context of his press release, commenting on the controversy, a suggested form for the blessing, oddly enough, which probably wouldn't be a bad idea to read. Um, we can take a look at that here. But just to emphasize the point, modernists redefine everything, <clears throat> and they call us these things breakthroughs. And, you know, uh, Fernandez repeats that idea four or five times in his declaration. For example, encouraged by such a great and consoling truth, this dicastery has considered several questions of both a formal and an informal nature about the possibility 
of blessing same-sex couples. And in light of Pope Francis's fatherly and pastoral approach, of offering new clarifications on the responsum ad dubium, the response to the doubt. And he goes on and says there, to meet the latter reaction with fraternal charity, it seems opportune to take up the theme again and offer a vision that draws together the doctrinal aspects with the pastoral ones in a coherent manner, as though that hadn't been done before. So, um, again, you know, we're going to draw the doctrinal and the pastoral. We're going to try to draw them together, even as we're distinguishing between them and using the one to justify what the other could not. Uh, Francis uh, is quoted here, is talking about the blessing and the sacrament of marriage, how we, we, we cannot give the impression that we are... Um, you know, putting these irregular unions, these irregular couples and uh, same-sex couples, and what, you know, what draws them together and, and their partnership, their relationship, we can't put that on the level of marriage, he says. The church has the right and the duty to avoid any right that might contradict this conviction or lead to confusion. So Francis uh, being cited here is very strong about that. Uh, in this declaration by Fernandez. But, but he says, that applies to her official rights, uh, imparting uh, blessings on unions of persons of the same sex. The church cannot do this liturgically or ritually, but she can do it pastorally. This is point here. So we don't want to risk confusing what is merely an impromptu blessing, a spontaneous blessing, um, with any actual formal right of the church giving formal recognition to these relationships. Um, again, you know, to point out this new concept of a Francis, Francis breakthrough, blessings are among the most widespread and evolving sacramentals. Evolving sacramentals, notice. He talks about how they're part of popular devotion, and these things are evolving. And we, he launches into this scriptural treatment of this. He wants to show that what is being blessed are the individuals. Uh, they've come asking for the church's blessing for themselves individually, and the church, well, the clergy is blessing them individually in the name of the church. The church is blessing them individually, not as couples, but individually. But the fact that they come to you as couples and say, we want you to bless us, is a bit of a problem. So you can't tell them, look, I can bless you individually, but I can't bless you as a couple, because that would destroy the whole point. The point is blessing same-sex couples. <laughs> so you're blessing them as a couple. And actually, uh, Bishop Schneider made a very strong point about that when he was talking about this. You actually are blessing them as a couple. And uh, the example given by uh, Cardinal Fernandez shows that that is what the intention is. <coughs> so it's impossible to get around the idea that they're there together to be blessed together because they are in their mind a couple and you're supposed to treat them that way when you bless them. Um, 
Saint, uh, who is it? Uh, Francis says that you can't, from a strictly strictly liturgical point of view, you can't do that. From a pastoral point of view, you can. He says, uh, when you have a liturgical blessing, then what your blessing has to correspond to God's plan and God's design. He says. So you couldn't give a liturgical blessing to a same-sex union, which is not according to God's design. But you can give a pastoral blessing. This is the point that he continually makes here. He says, you can't expect the same moral conditions for a simple blessing that you would require for the giving of a sacrament. You can't expect that. Uh, we have to broaden our perspective, he says on this. It's a pastoral gesture that is so beloved and widespread, we can't make it subject to too many moral prerequisites to give a blessing. Okay? We cannot lose pastoral charity, he says. So that's why the Holy Father's proposal is developing a broader understanding of blessings. Okay, there you are, redefining the whole point. Now, uh, again, you know, there is some, uh, an effort to make some theological basis for this. But um, it, it basically goes on, and as, as the modernists do, they repeat the same thing over and over again. It depends on the kind of blessing that you're given here. Uh, you have spontaneous requests for blessings like this, and you can give them spontaneously. Now, um, one thing that is kind of interesting here, I understand that since this declaration came out, I have read that the Vatican is now receiving a, a, um, a massive number of requests from around the world by irregular couples and same-sex couples uh, petitioning certificates of apostolic blessing from Francis. Uh, ordinarily, I mean, one could contact the, the Holy See and request that for one's family. There are many of these certificates that are actually available from years and years past, the Pope Pius XI, Pope Pius XII, and so on, um, where the Pope has, upon request, issued his apostolic blessing to the um, families, notably, around the world who requested this. So now same-sex couples and irregular couples are requesting these because now the door is open to them. And I understand the Vatican is receiving a massive number of these requests. I don't know what massive means here. But it makes perfect sense that it would open the floodgate here. By the way, uh, there was always some kind of a fee involved for that because of the, you know, there was a, a certain amount of effort and time and, and uh, so on, certificate and so on. It wasn't really... Uh, necessarily a moneymaker, although it certainly did contribute to the legitimate operations and the good works of the Holy See. But heaven only knows, knows now what kind of revenue this, something like this would bring in if they opened the gates to that. So, um, <clears throat> again, the terminology is interesting in the declaration. By the way, uh, Cardinal Fernandez himself, when he, uh, when he issued the press release, in light of the controversy, said, go and read the declaration itself, which is exactly what we're doing. We're citing uh, quotations from the declaration. That's what Cardinal Fernandez said had to be done. Go and read the declaration as though that would convince us. 
In the declaration here, number 31, he says, within the horizon outlined here appears the possibility of blessings for couples in irregular situations and for couples of the same sex, the form of which should not be fixed ritually by ecclesial authorities to avoid producing confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament of marriage. It's interesting, again, the expression within the horizon outlined here. I mean, the language is so imprecise. Um, uh, but here is where he says, the form should not be fixed to avoid. But notice, he says later on in number 37, that the, um, the formula should not be, uh, because of pastoral prudence, should not necessarily become a norm. That is to say, it is not appropriate for a diocese, a bishop's conference, or any other ecclesial structure to constantly and officially establish procedures or rituals for all kinds of matters. Canon law should not and cannot cover everything, nor should the Episcopal conferences claim to do so with their various documents and protocols, since the life of the Church flows through many channels besides the normative ones. And so this is where the idea is offered that it would be really taking away from the value of these blessings in order to produce a precise form, he says. Um, so he says, in fact, indeed, in number 40, he says, indeed, through these blessings that are given not through the ritual forms proper to the liturgy, but as an expression of the church's maternal heart, similar to those that emanate from the core of popular piety. There was no intention to legitimize anything, but rather to open one's life to God, to ask for his help, to live better, and also to invoke the Holy Spirit so that the values of the gospel may be lived with greater faithfulness. And this is what they're saying uh, is my, in mind here when a blessing is given to people who come to you uh, living in adultery, in fortication, or in, in uh, unfortunately, um, deviant relationships, very offensive to God. This is the point of, of blessing them. What, uh, what, what need be said about that? Okay. So anyway, you can see why there would be uh, a very strong reaction to this. But again, it's very puzzling too. It's very, very puzzling why there is such a strong, strong reaction to this. And why would I say that? Well, I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, I want to take a look at the text of Cardinal Fernandez's press release that came out, though. Uh, this was written up in LifeSide News here. And Cardinal Fernandez was responding to the controversy. And he says it, it actually uh, shows that we have to proceed more cautiously and give people room to uh, think about this and assimilate it and take it to heart and understand it. So he says uh, two things, though absolutely he insists on. <clears throat> Number one, you cannot say that this declaration is contrary to the church's teaching in any way. You're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say in the new order that the declaration permitting the pastoral blessing 
uh, couples living, so-called couples, uh, living in adultery, in, uh, in uh, fornication, or in, uh, you know, uh, say, contrary to Torah, relationships. <laughs> you cannot say that this is contrary to Catholic teaching. And the second thing he says, it cannot be forbidden. Now, bishops' conferences have come out and said, we're not going to do this. Individual bishops have come out and said, I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow my clergy to do this in the Novus Ordo. And he said, you cannot forbid that, because the Holy Father says you have, they have the right to do this. It's interesting, in, in a way, uh, that, I mean, <laughs> under Benedict, uh, the sort of clergy were given a wide latitude to offer the traditional Latin Mass, the 1962 liturgy anyway, and uh, that they were given this latitude by, uh, by Benedict. And, um, and so, um, you know, the, the message was to the bishops, don't impede that. Um, Francis now, who wants to completely ban the use of the traditional liturgy, is now coming in and saying, well, I'm putting in these pastoral same-gender uh, blessings, and I'm forbidding you bishops from forbidding it. I'm forbidding you to prevent any priest from giving it. It's like the opposite mode of thinking here when it comes to tradition and when it comes to uh, revolution. And that's not surprising because, again, we're dealing with modernists. So the bishops have been warned. The bishop of the Novus Ordo Church have been warned, don't prevent your, your priests from doing this, and do not try to stop them, and do not censure them for doing it. Because Francis insists on it. Okay. So, again, in his press release, uh, Fernandez is saying that you're blessing the people involved individually, you're not blessing their unions. Okay. Well, we, at least not officially, of course. We know how that works. We know how that works out. We know this is all part of the mental process of changing the people's minds gradually as they get used to the idea. So it's all part of the evolutionary process. Um, what is it? He says in Fiducia Supplicans, it remains vital that these Episcopal conferences do not support a doctrine different from that of the declaration signed by Francis. Given that it is a perennial doctrine, now it's a perennial doctrine, he says, but rather that they recommend the need for study and discernment so as to act with pastoral prudence in such a context. Okay. Um, this was a January 4th press release, so it just came out a few days ago. Uh, the real novelty of this declaration, the one that requires a generous effort of reception, and from which no one should declare themselves excluded, is not the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations. It is the invitation to distinguish between two different forms of blessings, liturgical or ritualized, and quote, spontaneous or pastoral. The presentation clearly explains that the, quote, value of this document is that it offers a specific and innovative contribution to the pastoral meaning of blessings, permitting a broadening and enrichment of the classical, ordinarily that would mean traditional, but he doesn't want to use that word, enrichment of the classical understanding of blessings, 
which is closely linked to a liturgical perspective. Okay, this is, again, he says, a real development. Modernists hammer away at this idea, a real development, something innovative, and it's all a matter of redefining the words of the faith. So, in any case, I'm going to leave this behind, except maybe, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea at this point to read the, um, the formula that Fernandez gives after saying that we shouldn't put it in formulas. And this is what he said. Offering concrete guidance on how a blessing for a same-sex couple might take place, Fernandez, this is in the LifeSite article, Fernandez suggested a formula for priests to use despite his previous statement that such blessings must be spontaneous and not formalized. Now this is the quote. Lord, look at these children of yours. Grant them health, work, peace, and mutual help. Free them from everything that contradicts your gospel and allow them to live according to your will. Amen. Then it concludes with the sign of the cross on each of the two persons. So it implies that you individually bless them, again, trying to emphasize the fact that you're not blessing the reason why they're there together, seeking this. And that might seem, <clears throat> okay, well, you're asking them to live according to God's will. You might even be implying that they're not. But what is really interesting here, again, is the language. Look at these children of yours, grant them health, work, peace, Mutual help. Mutual help and mutual support is the secondary essential purpose of matrimony. After the giving of life, you have the mutual support of each other. Well, of course, they can't give life. We know that because they're same sex. But the idea of invoking that idea of mutual help invokes, again, the concept of the secondary essential purpose of matrimony. This is very dangerous stuff. It is evil. It is something that no Catholic could possibly support. But the amazing thing is that people reacted to it, and I can't understand why. Why this? Why are they reacting to this in such a vehement way? I mean, after all, the whole world witnessed Francis conferring a blessing, and it wasn't just a pastoral blessing. Now, this pastoral blessing business came out with a declaration of the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith in December 18, 2023. Years before, Francis is in the Garden of the Vatican, and he blesses, formally blesses, a pagan idol, Pachamama. Francis blesses the idol. And it's, this is before this distinction he's making between a liturgical blessing and a pastoral blessing. He blesses the pagan idol, <coughs> which they say indicates classically in the church that something is according to the will of God. And uh, why, why was there not this vehement reaction against that, as opposed to this? I mean, what is this, evil as it is, in comparison with that? And Francis not only blessed the idol publicly in front of the, the indigenous pagans who were there, but who were carrying out their rituals centered around this Pachamama idol, but of his own clergy and, uh, and supporters there in the Vatican. And then he enshrines this blessed pagan idol in his uh, synod on the Amazon 
of the Amazonian Senate. He places it right in front of the central place of the speaker so that all of those participating in the Senate are, are looking at this idol as though the idol is enshrined or enthroned there, right at the speaker's, the speaker's uh, podium there. Um, and where is the hue and cry? I mean, you know that uh, Chugwal uh, actually took the, the enthroned idols out of Santa Maria and Transfantina, the church on the Via della Conciliazione leading up to the Vatican. And he threw them in the Tiber, and this created a huge, uh, huge um, hisoire uh, in the press. Um, huge protest, a huge amount of applause from Catholics. But, um, you know, this firestorm of reaction we have where people are saying, no, this shall not pass, he didn't see that. Francis even had, they set up, the indigenous peoples, the pagans, set up an entire display in honor of Pachamama in the St. Peter's itself, featuring multiple snake images, because that's a form of Pachamama, one of the forms that Pachamama takes, the serpents all crawling toward the center of this, of this, uh, uh, this diorama they set up, or whatever you want to call it, this, this great display that they had on the floor of St. Peter's Basilica. Is that not something infinitely worse than this, bad as this is? I mean, Francis, under him and his predecessors, uh, the, the, the modernists, they oversee giving Eucharist, the Eucharist, to flagrant abortion supporters. Politicians who are responsible for the, for the murders of literally hundreds of thousands of children in the wombs of their mothers. And they continue to condone this, giving them their Eucharist. I mean, how does, how does what this declaration of December 13th or 18th say compare to that, really? Is not this actually much worse? And what about Francis actually <clears throat> authorizing the Episcopal consecrations of communists in China? and basically betraying whatever shreds are left of the church in China into the complete control of the Communist Party. I mean, yes, giving an informal pastoral blessing to those living in adultery is bad enough, but authorizing the quote-unquote Episcopal consecration of formal communists to represent the Communist Party and to represent the Francis's synodal church at the same time, isn't that, and that's sacramental, isn't that somehow worse than even this? And it puzzles me as to why people react. In the Novus Ordo, they react to things they should react to. That's not the question. Why don't they react to the things that they really should react to and, re say, and, and re absolutely refuse to go along with them. Why do they go along with so much? And then they come to something like this, and all of a sudden, this is intolerable. I, I don't understand. It's, 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 it's a lack of understanding somewhere. I don't understand them, and I, I guess understand that, that they don't understand something. And it seems that it's something about the faith, of what is really essential here. St. Pius X knew the principles of modernism. And because of his saintly mind and saintly soul, 
He saw where they led. The synthesis of all heresies would lead to complete apostasy. St. Pius X said that. I didn't know that any Pope, uh, Pius the uh, Benedict XV, Pius XI, Pius XII, actually grasped it as much as he did, the danger of modernism. But we're, we're seeing it now. We're seeing what St. Pius X foresaw. We are seeing now this apostasy. And um, anybody with, with the virtue of the Catholic faith left in his soul really, really needs to take some serious stock about where this is all leading. And I ask you, please, to, um, if you do have the faith, find the true faith. It's not in the Novus Ordo. That's the modernist Novus Ordo construct that was all directed from the, from the beginning to Francis' Synodal Church. St. Pius X saw that. He saw Francis's synodal church within the egg of modernism back in 1907. He saw the monster that would hatch from that. And uh, if we're going to be Catholic today, we have to hold fast to the traditional Catholic faith and practice the traditional Catholic religion, and that, and that alone. And we can't be compromising and mixing modernism and Catholicism. You cannot mix the true Catholic faith given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ in the church that he had founded himself personally and mix that, as I say, with the synthesis of all heresies, which is modernism. There can be no synthesis between these two. So I ask you to be faithful to be uncompromising in the practice of your true Catholic faith, find a true Catholic priest, true Catholic bishops, who have not compromised and will not compromise, who are absolutely, undoubtedly, validly ordained and validly consecrated, and hold the faith in its integrity, and follow the faith and practice that faith in its integrity. God bless you all.